We are joined by Mark Tuohy, advisor to business and political leaders for the Morning Brief. Nice to have you, sir. Good morning, John Moore. Okay, so there are certain plans in the city of Toronto that are always being kicked around. One of them is the idea of extending the Shepherd Subway. How seriously do you take reports that it, this might happen? And as a matter of fact, it would be extended in two directions. I do think it's a good idea to close the loop with the end of the Danforth line. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this is everything new. Everything old is new again. This is the plan that uh, that I helped to work on in uh, the mayor's office back after the 2010 election. Uh, the mayor's office had gotten uh, had signed a deal. It was a big public announcement with the McGuinty government at the time to extend Line Four, the Shepherd Subway, east from where it ends now, at uh, I think Don Mills, all the way out to. Uh, the Shepherd, uh, pardon me, the Scarborough Town Center, and uh, that made sense because that's where you know people were going to in Scarborough, and the uh, plan to build a uh, surface level. Uh, light rail just didn't make a lot of sense to us, uh, but it also needed to go extended left or left west uh, from uh, Shepherd and Young. <laughs> Looking at the map, on, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, to uh, to Shepherd to close that loop because John, it, and you'll know this. I mean, the value if you go back to sort of Moore's law, uh, which I hope you know. I don't think you wrote it, but the uh, the law of network effects. I mean, subway networks, computer networks, telephone networks, any type of uh, communication network. It, the, their value multiplies with the interconnections between lines. It doesn't add on much to extend a line like the uh, the Line 1 University up to Vaughan. That doesn't really do a lot because the capacity of the line doesn't change. You're just bringing people in from further along the same line. But when you do these connections east-west across the top, now you suddenly have alternatives. If there's a stoppage on the subway between Shepherd and Eglinton, you can change directions and go around it. So this is a good plan. It's about time it got back on track again, uh, no pun intended. And uh, I'm thrilled to see that it's back on the books is something they'll work on. I hope they could get it done. Had we stayed the course back in uh, 2012, it, of course, as they say, would have been open by now. Oh, I know. There's so many things that would be open by now. But if we'd stuck with the plan we made in 1912, we have a better transit system than we have now. But um, we couldn't afford the horses. No, that's true. What do you make of uh, Olivia Chow saying she'll hold on to her NDP membership? And I know some people see that as a red flag, but I mean, I think we know she's an NDP. -er. There are plenty of people on council, I'm sure, who are members of one party or another. Well, 100%. All of the NDP uh, members of caucus, uh, members of council, function as a caucus, even though they're technically, legally, cannot be uh, political parties at City Hall. We know that they do exist. Uh, they just sort of function without any branding. Uh, I don't have a problem with this. I mean, we all know where she stands. We all know what her political background is and the fact that she may or may not have a 5 10 or $20 membership card in her wallet, I don't think makes a would of difference to anybody. As long as she can get the job done and focus on municipal matters, which are by and large more pragmatic than ideological, or at least they should be in my opinion, uh, I don't think her party membership makes any more difference than, as if I recall, I'm sure Rob Ford had a PC party membership, and I don't think that really affected the way he made decisions either. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a few sitting councillors right now who are members of the Conservatives. I know they're, I mean, the Shelley Carroll ran for the Liberals. 
Yeah, so. uh, there's a lot of liberals. So um, let's stick with the NDP for $200, Alex. Uh, MPP Sarah Jama's ouster from the NDP was not necessarily a unanimous thing. I was predicting this was going to happen because she's not an outlier. There are plenty of people on the left who believe what she said. What is the problem inside the NDP? Is the answer, the answer Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is no surprise. The NDP, uh, u- unions, uh, organized labor are riddled. I'm not going to say most people, but they have a serious problem with uh, what most people would describe as anti-Semitism. Many people would describe it as anti-Zionism, but when you talk about Hamas and the latest attack, the two become the same. And this is not new in the NDP. And the NDP knew who she was when she was nominated uh, to fill that uh, by-election, you know, candidacy. And the people of Hamilton Center knew who she was when they elected her. She has said things like this in the past, and many people in the NDP are sympathetic to them. Many people in unions are sympathetic to me. I, because I'm a part-time teacher at the University of Guelph-Humber, I have to belong to CUPE. I'm absolutely ashamed to say that I belong to CUPE because of the comments of Fred Hahn and other union leaders, but uh, we all know where they stand, and I think they stand in the wrong place. Meanwhile, let's see, where else can we go? Because there's so many great talkables this morning. Um, We have Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, and I realize this is kind of gossipy, but let's face it, people are always going to be preoccupied with this. And we don't know exactly when they hooked up. We do know that my favorite part of this, actually, Marcus, she has been recoupled. This is the new conscious uncoupling. Why can't people just say that she left her husband and she's hooked up with a new guy? Yeah, repartnered is how it was right. described in the in the lawsuit. And I think, in fact, most people in uh, journalism, at least, and a lot of people in public life, have known that she was pre-partnered for some time. Uh, but uh, it never really was newsworthy, so nobody really wrote a news story about it. This comes in the nexus of a uh, publicly filed uh, divorce uh, court proceeding. And uh, so now it's a topic worthy of consideration. Uh, we all believed that the prime minister was also repartnered somewhere at various times, but that wasn't newsworthy then and probably right now still isn't newsworthy still. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting story where you try to split the difference between what's gossip and what matters. Because something I'm just curious about, I guess, is I saw um, the president of the United States speaking before the House of Commons, and Sophie Gregoire was very much playing the role of the prime minister's wife. And it doesn't seem possible they were even t- remotely together at the time or partnered. Yeah, well, there's two aspects of being the prime minister's uh, spouse. One is uh, it's it's a job; it doesn't get paid for, but it's a it's a job, and so she's there. There's also the matter of co-parenting, and a lot of couples uh, split up, uh, including after divorce, and manage to co-parent their kids quite well. And sometimes that means uh, sort of swapping out who's sleeping in the primary bedroom in the house while you take care of the kids and the other partners away. So people make it work, and uh, they seem to have been able to do this so far with the kids. Thanks a lot. Sir, good to have you. Thanks, John. Mark Tui on the morning brief.